Do you know cracking your knuckles is going to give you arthritis in your penis head? Yes. <laughs> that is a fucking lie. All right, I think we're ready to go here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. We are making the ultimate fan ranking of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia here. My name is Braden Plug and Cool. I'm not here alone at this table. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. Hey, it's Adam Rothburn. I'm back for the second episode of Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. Let's go. Still Donnie Crunkleton, and I am also back for episode two. The numbers are in, the waiters have put the orders in, and the fans have ordered chicken vindaloo. Chicken vindaloo is our dish of the day, delicious dish of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say I've had it, but just based off the name. You know, yeah, the, I don't know what chicken vindaloo is. Well, let me tell you, it tastes real vindalese. <laughs> is, is that where it's from, vindalay? Vindalay, vindala. We're talking about season one, episode two. Charlie wants an abortion. And the conversation is not ending here at the table. If you want to participate and let us know what we're getting right, what we're getting wrong about these episodes, feel free to hit us up at alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. Tweet us at alwayssunnypod. Comment on our Instagram post. Troll us at alwayssunnypod on Instagram. And uh, check us out online at anchor.fm slash rumham, where you can find all the platforms we're on. You can leave us a voicemail. You can uh, give us money if you feel so inclined. I don't know. Yeah, definitely do that last one. I've never received money. You've never received money? I've never received money. You don't believe in libraries and you've never received money? I've never received money. Not one single time in my entire life. You know what money is, right? What? You know what money is, right? Those little green things you get after you work? Is that the money? Yeah, usually. I've only ever been paid in trident layers. (laughs) (laughs) Our first effort to get a real sponsor. Jeez, I wish that would be great. <laughs> that would be sick. We'd make some sick ads. Try to hit us up. Try to hit me up. Not sponsored, but I want to be. Yeah. So we're talking about season one, episode two. Charlie wants an abortion, and we're not just talking about this willy nilly around a table. We got a system here of how we're ranking this this episode because reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. We got some categories here. That we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about the story of the episode. We're going to be talking about the characters, the quotes, the overall humor. So let's go over this episode real quick before we talk about the details of it. If it's been a minute since you watched it, this episode is about Charlie revealing or realizing uh, from a woman from his past that he has a child with her. And if Charlie is going to, of course, use this to hook up with the waitress or try and hook up with the waitress as he always does. And this also prompts Mac to argue the benefits of being pro-life, being a pro-life advocate, mostly meeting women. And uh, and God, of course, he, he brings up his Christianity. I think he brings it up wrong, doesn't he? Doesn't he, like, misquote the Bible or something? Genesis Book 2. Is that, are you joking? No, it's not a joke. You remember Genesis Book 2, verse 3? And he breathed it into the nostrils of Adam on the first day, and it was good. Right in his nostrils, huh? Sounds really uncomfortable. Book two is the best one. I'm waiting for book three. Book three, Genesis book four. The trilogy coming the, soon. Coming out this fall. Genesis book five. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so this basically prompts the gang to fight with each other on the stance of abortion. Hell of a way to start a series. Get racist and then... 
argue about abortion. Basically, what we come to find out is the gang doesn't have any convictions and they're gonna go on whatever side There's they can a, use yeah. to get them laid. You gotta come with me to one of these rallies. They're having another one on Saturday. These chicks are everywhere. I can jump on board with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you actually gonna throw away all your convictions for a chance to get laid? I don't really have any convictions. Well, I'm gonna go. At least one pro-choice voice is gonna be heard. One? There was like tons of those chicks at the last one. Which side had more? Oh, which one do you think? Probably the side you're going to. I'm gonna fight for the right to choose. Specifically Dennis. No convictions. What? Wouldn't that count as a conviction? I guess not having convictions would be a conviction. I'm not ready to concede on that point. Well, we'll talk about we'll, it. We'll get there, yeah. We'll get there. This episode came out in 2005, August 11th, 2005, directed by John Fortenberry, just like the previous episode, uh, Night at the Roxbury movie, and a few episodes of Arrested Development. He's got his name attached to, and it's written by the boys, Charlie Day and Rob McElhenney. Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. His name is Mac. <laughs> Before we do all this, can we talk about what Frank would do in this episode? Because oh, yeah. Frank's not here yeah. yet. If you're new to It's Always Sunny, Frank is played by Danny DeVito. What would Frank do? Uh, first point, I definitely think Frank would be with Dennis going to the abortion clinic trying to pick up chicks and get laid. I feel like Frank would be with Charlie walking him around with his kid and being like, when I was a kid... I used to bang whores or whatever the kid wants. And the kid's like, I want you to buy a toy. It's like, when I was a kid, the only toy we had was a dead cockroach that I killed myself. <laughs> Something like that. I think that Frank, because we know he likes his uh, get-rich-quick schemes, I think he would open up an abortion clinic, and then he would uh, organize a protest against it to fight the two groups against each other and make some money off of that somehow. I'm playing both That's sides. That's actually really so interesting. Attract the news cameras and then therefore yeah. like start to somehow sell it out or something. He's done it before. 90% or of after. your water is 100% toxins. <laughs> 90%. Who knows what the other 10% is? <laughs> um, what do you think, Braden? I think Frank would kind of try and find a, a way to profit off of it, but I could also see him being like, super duper skeevy like do you remember when he um joined all the women on the uh gang beats boggs reboot yeah oh the <laughs> and he's like wearing the nasty woman t-shirt with him too <laughs> like i think he would try and do something sly like that to try and get in their pants i don't know though i honestly don't know i think he likes money more than he likes pussy hopefully That's danny devito will add us and we can ask him ourselves touche touche that would be interesting if we could get, like, some cast input on what they think. Do you think they've ever considered it? Uh, what, talking to us losers? No, 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 not talking to us. Obviously, they've never considered talking to us losers. <laughs> I mean, talking about, like, they've gone back, like, you know, if we could rewrite the original episodes and Frank was there. Oh, you're one of those high them? society folk who watch It's Always Sunny with director's commentary. Director's commentary mm. about mm. fan fiction. Maybe I we could watch the commentary. I think uh, to write that character of Frank, they must have considered what he would have done in past scenarios. So I think it's worth it. I think they probably did consider it. Well, we really see Frank go off the deep end after he gets introduced. Yeah. They all do. Yeah. Season one, episode two. Season one, episode two. Let's get into the story of season one, episode two. The story, I think, is legitimately one of the funnier ones of the original uh, episodes. 
I think it's one of the better Sonny concepts. Charlie's main plot works perfectly with the rest of the gang. He kind of sparks off the gang's adventures, and therefore their adventures end up colliding with a, a drunk child in an alley. I think the episode is great for a few laugh out loud moments, but overall there's a lot of sarcasm in this episode that I think the episode kind of gets lost in. Like there's a message they're trying to deliver and through multiple layers of sarcasm, the message kind of gets lost. But maybe that's a good thing. I think that as for the story goes, I, I think they, they made it really work because we have, again, we have the A story and we have the B story of the abortion rallies and they, they come together. I like how one spawns the other one and how half the characters just don't really mind the other story until they kind of come together in the end. So I, I think overall they wrote this episode really well. I'm not including humor in, in the story category at all. I'm just saying narratively I think this worked really well for me. Yes, yeah, I kind of like how you divide it into the A and the B story. And I personally kind of did the same thing. I think that to me personally the abortion clinic, the abortion rally, all that stuff is the funnier story. I don't think that the Charlie story really had any surprises. I wasn't really caught up in it too much. I was kind of just already assuming this probably isn't his kid. Why is he even involving himself in this in the first place? Which is out of Charlie's character in any way, which we'll get to later. But yeah, I definitely think the abortion clinic story was the funnier story of the two. Compared with the other episode that we reviewed uh, last week or two weeks ago, um, this this story is a lot more linear, a lot more easier to follow, a lot less, you know, mm. all over the place. And I, I thought that was, mm. you know, interesting. I, you know, I, I prefer, I'm more of the, uh, like, um, Stanley Kubrick, Quentin Tarantino style of, like, crazy stories that all wind up meeting in the middle. Uh, Love Actually should have won the Oscar for the year it was produced and the year after that and every year since. So it, it, if there's, like, four different characters that all meet up in the end and you really find out that like charlie was really the one who got the abortion and d gave it to him then you know i think that i think that would have made for a better story so <laughs> you actually bring up an interesting point do you think do you, do you think that it, the episode should have included an abortion at all like do you think there should have been do you think that had frank like the episode, we talking about a chicken stirrups on a gynecological no, I'm saying, table I'm, getting an abortion i don't think so not literally like that but I'm saying featured a character who got an abortion or something. I no, hope no, you're no, about no, to no, point no. out the, about the, to. This episode is titled Charlie Wants an Abortion, which implies that he's going to like try and like talk someone out of it or something. But no, mm -hmm. he wants an abortion like 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really, the really fact late term. they don't need to like bring you right up to the front line of the subject. Mm, they skirt around it. Yeah, they don't bring you right up to the front line of the subject. They they make the characters dance around it, and through that, I think that's where yeah. And related to that, out. related to that too, I also think the funny part is, like you said, Charlie wants an abortion, which he does, and essentially he doesn't want to have a kid, which is the point of an abortion. And then Mac is the one that actually ends up wanting the abortion, even though it's titled Charlie wants an abortion. Mac suggests to the girl after she says she's pregnant that he wants the abortion, which I thought was also kind of an irony funny point yeah it's amazing how they all flip on each other at the end i mean that was themselves. the that was the best part in terms of um i don't know if it has to do with the story in terms of uh plot a to plot b but more about um the theme is that people don't really believe what they say they believe 
someone like Mac who's like, I don't want, I don't want an abortion, never want an abortion, well, whatever. So I just think our situation is different. God, how is our situation different? Well, because I didn't mean to get you pregnant. It was an accident. You are so pathetic. Listen, you can't have this kid, okay? I'm way too young, and I have a little bit Save of alcohol problem. Save it. I'm not problem. pregnant. Wait a second. So you're not pregnant? No. And this was a test. Yeah. Gonna fail? Have a nice life, asshole. No, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait. Some people like that about guns, too. They're like, I don't want guns. People like that about, like, GMOs. Like, it's really easy to say you're against GMOs when your country isn't facing a famine. It's really easy to say you're against vaccination when you don't need vaccinations to, you know, keep you... Fr of course, we all know vaccines cause autism. We're not going to... Well, that's, that's an undisputed fact. That's but I think, I think that just proves it's really easy to say, oh, well, people need to do this, 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 and this. But it's not happening to you, so walk the walk. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why does God do bad things? But really, why does God do bad things to me? What if Jesus was aborted? What if Jesus was aborted? That's none of aborted? our business. That was a choice his mom made. It's got nothing to do with us. It's a damn shame that was a visual gag, and I yeah, can't cut to it. Yeah, right. It'd just be a clip saying, what do you think of this? Mm. And, yep, no one gets it unless you've seen the show. So I give it a 7 out of 10 for the story. Adam. I'm giving this one a 9 out of 10 because I like how the plots come together at the end. Or how one leads to the other. Mm, that's fair. I like one storyline more than the other, so I'm going to give it a solid 6. Because mom gave it a 7 and dad gave it a 6, I'm going to give it a 6.5. I, I I feel it, but just remember, they got divorced because of you. Oh. Mm, facts. Yeah. Facts. It's probably because I pooped on the floor. <laughs> Couldn't even blame it on the dog? No, there was <laughs> not. Pooped on the dog. No, the dog actually wore his diapers. on the dog. Yeah, the dog wears <laughs> diapers. <laughs> what about the quotes in this episode? Because I think there are some pretty good ones right off the bat. You cut the sleeves off of all of your T-shirts. What, so you can show off your tats? Those are really original, dude. They're tribal. Oh, they're, they're tribal? I'm sorry, what tribe are you from? We've used so many times in real life that it is undeniably one of the best quotes the show has ever had. Yeah. We all know someone who has a tattoo that they should not have. That like quote unquote a tribal tattoo. That yeah. like encapsulates my feelings about tribal tattoos or when people say I do X, Y, and Z because it's tribal. I'm sorry, uh, what uh, tribe are you from? <laughs> uh when when they go to the mall and Charlie's Throwing the tantrum with the kid. And you're ugly. You're ugly. You're all, you are the one that's ugly. ugly. Jesus Christ, are you almost 30? Are you almost 30 years old? Yes. Because, again, you got to do that sometimes in real life with a friend who's, like, freaking out sometimes. It's like, are you almost 28? Are you almost 28, Rebecca? Come on. How old are you? <laughs> and I think we mentioned this one earlier, but when Mac references... You remember Genesis, book 2, verse 3? If you don't know anything about the Bible, similar to me, there is no Genesis book two. It does not exist. Donnie's doing his research. Wow. Our resident Bible scholar. Our resident Bible scholar. Um, there's also... You don't have to buy me a toy. I don't have to buy you shit. You don't buy me anything? I'm going to tell my mom you took me to a black people's hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my God, that's racist. What, what, am I, what, do, you, what do you say to that? You don't have to buy me a toy. I thought that was just the kid, because kids say the shittiest fucking yeah. things all the time. And they can get away with it, apparently, because they don't know any better. Kids sure. are just like... Uh, who was the comedian that said comedians? Uh, uh, kids are just little drunk people? Uh, John Mulaney, I think. Is it? is it John Mulaney? I think it's John Mulaney. We can double check. Because John Mulaney, at us if it's you. I remember yeah. the famous Bill Cosby um, had a show he hosted called 
the kids say the darndest things. We're not oh, allowed. We're, no, we're, we're not allowed became, to talk uh, about him. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What year yeah. is it? He became. We can't talk yeah. about Bill Cosby. We'll, yeah. No, this is 2005. We'll get retconned. Yeah. Um. We keep this uh, canceled free podcast. If they've yeah. been canceled, we don't want to know about it. <laughs> it's none of our business. <laughs> it's always Sunday. Was almost canceled, but it wasn't. So we're here today. I have no convictions. <laughs> I have no convictions. And then when uh, Max at the abortion rally, and he hands Megan the list. You really want to see hardcore? What's this? That's the list of doctors I'm gonna kill. There's two already crossed out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you shouldn't joke about the apocalypse. I oh, yeah, that's another, that's another good one. I think there were a lot of great quotes in this, but I think, especially in the cold opening, there were two great ones that I really like. In particular, uh, obviously, the tribe. I'm sorry, what tribe are you from? But even the, the last line when Dennis says, "Nobody wants to hear that," that that makes me laugh so much, and that's such a good quote. It's not like a, a special quote in general, but the way that it matches with the humor of that moment and the the cold opening part really makes me laugh, and I, I it highlights in my mind. I don't know if this falls under quote or story, but the fact when Dennis is climbing over the um, barricade to get to the other side with the hotter chicks, and then everyone starts throwing eggs at him. Mm. Chicken fetuses. Yes, chicken fetuses, which is maybe why all the fans chose me to be Chicken Vindaloo today. Um, that's a, 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 I guess, no, that's a poster board. That's a murdered chickens humans eat, yeah. I just put 10 out of 10. I wrote in all caps, they're throwing chicken fetuses at an abortion rally, 10 out of 10. And both sides are doing yeah. it. Like, both yeah. sides have yeah. no problem throwing eggs well, at brings people. it back to nobody having convictions yeah. when it comes down to the line. And yeah. also, you know, Dennis is literally on the fence. On the fence, one. that's another good but, thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he's it, on the fence. It goes back to the whole larger social commentary of it all because we have Mac and D arguing with each other and they have good points and then or sorry Dennis and D arguing with each other and then Mac comes in with I guess you know I guess an emotional a faith-based idea and then we fast forward to the actual protest part where D comes off as like the voice of reason and then we also see her throwing eggs herself which kind of to me proves that it doesn't really matter what side of the argument you're on there's kind of a point where you just want to hurt the other side without caring about your own truth you know i'm like just here does. for the violence yeah i mean it's a good point some people like that so what do you give the quotes on this overall quotes i would say this is i'm giving this a 7.5 out of 10 it's you know a lot of great quotes but it's not my favorite quote heavy episode i'm gonna yeah. give it a nine i like the quotes i thought they were good especially since it's only the second episode like sure. imagine like watching this weekly back in 2005 when we were all you know at least 70 years old. So that's like, what, 15 years younger than we are now? So we're all at least 70. Um, watching this weekly, and they come out with these quotes like, I have no convictions, or what tribe are you from? God damn. That's yeah. true. You quoted for the next week after. That's a different mentality between binging something and watching it on the weekly. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. I do think the quotes that they had were really funny and really strong. I just don't think there were that many compared to some of the other episodes. That's interesting because you're trash and your mom is trash. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, all right. I gave it a five. Yeah. No, um, but it's like Chicken Vindaloo said last week when he was shrimp scampi. There's episodes of It's Always Sunny where it is just a constant torrent of hilarious jokes or hilarious quotes. So I think there's better stuff to come. Uh, five out of ten. What about him and his mom? Uh, she's a very nice lady, oh, and I've enough, never seen enough. her be trash. 
And then we have the characters of this episode. I don't want to talk just about the gang. I wanted to talk about how hilarious it is that they, they're bringing into the real world. They're starting to see how the gang relates to members of society, like in an abortion rally, I guess, for example. What did you guys think of the different characters in this episode? What did you think of the gang's development? As we said uh, last week when I was shrimp and not chicken, um, I'm giving all of the episodes in season one a zero because there's no Frank for characters. But um, between me turning into fowl and then getting put in the oven as opposed to sautéed in a pan, I've decided that I should give this episode at least a one because I think we really do see Charlie come out at this sort of like inner child when he's like, you almost 28? Because he's like arguing with this kid. So yeah, I'm going to give it a one. They really just have an ability to drive that home. Rob and Charlie writing these original episodes they really plant these seeds of Charlie being something else. An eight year old, <laughs> an 11 year old. I don't know. Are you almost 30? Did you fucking fuck my mom, Santa? <laughs> uh, I think D was a little bit more willing to help without being like that narcissistic attitude where she had something to gain. Like she went with Charlie and drove him to the mall to help take care of the kid. There was really no need for that. And then while they were there and they run into the waitress, she also wingsman, wingmans Charlie. And tries to help him get laid, and really, she has no ulterior motive to help herself whatsoever. Did they say sweet D at all in this episode? I do not believe so. Because I feel like I they said a, a lot the last episode, and that kills me when they say sweet D. Like, not in a good way. Like, as in, oh my fucking God. Sweet D. I love sweet D when they say it. Yeah. Speaking of sweet D, I think that she was kind of boring in this episode. I'm not going to lie. She That's why I'm also giving it a 4 out of 10. I don't think... I think the characters are starting to get there, but... They're developing. Yeah. Charlie is for sure developing. And I, I love I love seeing Charlie episodes. And this one, like Chicken Vindy Lewis saying, this was a Charlie episode and we really see him come out. But I also love seeing Dennis transform to his sleaziness. And I, I don't know if they were trying to like like play this off narratively because they think that, or the woman that, uh, Tommy's mother, makes a joke that Charlie and, and Dennis are together. And Dennis is very dismissive of that. So I was wondering if he's still like reeling from the events of last episode. And How's I, that ass feel? Yeah, that is actually really interesting. I and, never put that together. And maybe he's trying to like compensate by trying to hit on women anywhere he can. Do the plots of previous episodes fall into next episode? Not necessarily, but this episode does end with a drunk minor, and the next episode is about drunk minors. So, yeah, yeah, the end of the first episode somewhat leads into the second one, as we're seeing now. The yeah. end of the second one somewhat leads into the third, yeah. And so I, I said minor. Now now. I hardly knew her. <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> Let's finish out these character ratings. We got a okay. 1 out of 10, a 4 out of 10. I'm giving this a 7 out of 10 because I love seeing – D is a bit dry for this one, but I love seeing Charlie and Dennis, you know, move up in, in, in the ranks in my eyes. Yeah, I'm giving this a 6 out of 10. When we come back, we got our wild card spot. We're going to talk a little bit more about the episode, and then we're going to place this episode onto the list of lists, our ultimate ranking for every episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So don't go anywhere. Right now. Welcome back to the show. We are going to talk about the overall humor now of the episode. 
I know I trash this a lot. Um, I think the overall humor though is pretty good. I'm I, I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm not gonna say this is a bad episode. I'm gonna go ahead and give it uh, a seven, given the strength of the quotes and the manner in which the quotes were delivered. I think that adds a lot to the humor. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it a seven. I actually gave it a seven as well, and you put that very well. So ditto. For me, I I think that. You know, the story was there. I love how the plots come together. The characters were eh, but they were developing. The quotes, I thought it was quote heavy, but I think even more so there were a lot of visual gags in this episode that don't really come off as quotes. And I think that overall adds to the... the, the Especially if you're blind, huh? Especially if you're blind. Mm. Oh my gosh. So for me, um, with all that together, I would have to give this uh, an 8 out of 10 on overall humor. You just listed four, five bad things about the episode and then you gave it an 8. Who is doing your math? Yeah, my I, I gave it a 6 out of 10. I'm not about to go and give it like an 8 out of 10. I said I'm going to give it a bit more credit. I'm not going to go and give it like a 9 well, or something. Well, I, I think a lot of the humor in this comes from the visual gags. Like when Tommy pulls up that gun behind that other kid's what? head. Yeah, do you see that um, adorable little guy over there? That's Charlie's little brother. Hilarious, but you can't quote really? that. You know, um, when, when Dennis is literally going over the fence, another visual gag. The, the Jesus sign. I, I guess that's visual true. Gag. He was just kind of proving a good point, not necessarily saying it's a bad thing. There are a lot of visual gags in this episode. Undeniably. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. So, six out of ten, I'm going to say. Uh, I gave mine an eight. Ah, uh, seven. Seven. Hmm. All right. Well, it's time for the... Wild card, bitches! It's the wild card portion where you can... Trash the episode, praise it some more, uh, give it a mediocre score. I don't know. Give it in between points. Do whatever you want with it. It's a wild card spot. I'm pretty sure Adam's counting felonies or something that the gang does. What are you going to do for a wild card here? Uh, well, for me, I like to think of the wild card as something that really stands out. Is just that wow factor that either just puts you in tears laughing or just, wow, did they really just say or do that? I don't think there was that many moments in this episode, so I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. I'm going to give it a two for the wild card factor, one for the sperm it takes to make a baby, and one for the egg it takes to make a baby. <laughs> so two out of ten, okay. And Adam? I think just the idea of them throwing eggs at each other at an abortion clinic um, and an abortion rally in general, is it, it completes that for me. I think that's an extra thing that I didn't notice when I watched it the first 20 times when I was younger. So I'm giving this an eight out of ten. Something to, consi- something to consider about this. This is before FXX, I believe. I think yeah. so. So this was on FX, which means if you had a cable subscription back in 2005, this was on your box without needing extra money. Excellent. Uh, I gave it a... Numbers intensify. I gave it a 7 out of 10 for the wild card because of that. I think, again, the plots intertwined super well. I like that Dennis and D aren't main characters, but they get just as many jokes in it. Like the B plot's just as strong as the A plot. So, 7 out of 10 on the wild card. Why do we have to start with this season? Oh, God. Uh, because it's season one. Let's yeah. Pull right off. The way yeah. numbers work is it goes 1 to 14. and You know how numbers work? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this episode a little bit more. I didn't really like it, even though the characters are starting to take their shape a little bit more. I, didn't, I wasn't really that fond of it. Uh, I'm not going to say it's bad, like I said, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's only the second episode. They're still coming into themselves, not just as characters, but as TV show makers as, as writers in general, everyone is coming together in this episode. Um, 
But there, there, are, there are other things in this episode that I love in general that I don't think we really talked about. Like, for instance, did you notice that Charlie and Tommy were wearing the same color throughout the entire episode? I don't. It's, it's stuff like that to me that jumps out that makes this episode a bit what more interesting. What do you mean the same color? It was black and blue. Uh, I think, now that you bring that up, I think that maybe they did that to try and sell the fact more that this could yeah. really be Charlie's son. Yeah. Even though, obviously, it wasn't. I think they're just trying to drive home that point that Charlie's a child. Basically. That too, yeah. Comparing so? him to specifically this child. Yeah, that's another good point. He so is a child. Because he tries yeah. to outsmart him, but he really just falls for his, his games. Yeah. Constantly asking why. Yeah, tra- I, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I thought that was funny in the end, like the post-credit scene or the pre-post-credit scene or the pre-pre-pre-post-credit scene, whatever they call Cold it, open. in cinema making. Where he uh, finds his dad. His and dad, and yeah, and his dad's like... Talk to you about your kid. Why? Uh, let's see, because your kid has serious emotional problems. Why? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because you're not there for him as a father. Why? Are you kidding me? Why? Is this a again? Why? Is this what you're doing? Why? Is this what you're doing to me? Why? Why? I'm trying to remember the first time I saw that episode, I thought that was funny because I could imagine myself in 2005 thinking that that was funny, but like now, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was. So it funny. gets a chuckle out of me, but it's. I'd say it's more like a light exhale out of the nose a little. I was gonna say at this point, it's definitely one of those jokes where you hear it. Twice and yeah, it loses yeah. most of its value. Kind of like you said, huh, you get that little chuckle. That's look about at that it. Guy, he's just like his dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how comedic. <laughs> Another interesting point. Until much, much later in the series, this is the first and only chance that the waitress gives Charlie to actually go on somewhat of a date or hang out together. Yeah, they never make it to the park, do they? To no, the they don't. Big brother, little sister. Which is hilarious because another sunny fun fact is that the waitress and Charlie are married in real life. That's so, one of my favorite fun facts. That's the when, funnier, I, when I learned that, that definitely gave a plus one to me for the show. Rating. The funnier part about that fact is I didn't know it until like fucking 12 seasons in. Forever. I was like, wait, that does that make makes, it. That makes so much sense that they're just able to use like all the things that they dislike about each other in their marriage, and they have like an outlet. Yeah, yeah they must have the best marriage ever. Yeah, one, one of my favorite things about shows and movies is I don't know if this is a real thing or what it's actually called. I just call it rewatch value. But to me, is once you watch the show for the first time, you catch all this the face value things. But once you learn all the secrets and you start looking for things. You notice a lot more, and sometimes it is funnier watching it the second time than it really is the first time. House. House is yeah. the only other show that comes to my mind that has rewatch value. Uh, the just Office to give examples, Haunting of Hill House. The Office is trash. I really, oh, I found oh, value in that. Whoa, there's two strong opinions that, on, that you guys have. I'm, I'm, I'm with Chicken Vindaloo on this. garbage. Well, I'm sorry that you guys just don't enjoy subtle comedy. I think I'm it's sorry. hilarious, but it just depresses me. Offices, I get it. Paper clips. Oh, I don't it's just this. not funny. All right, Adam, your opinion's null and void to me. Uh, let's get back to chin- Chicken Vindaloo on this one. <laughs> well, I think Donnie said it best uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever in the past we did our past episode, where he um, exclaimed rather loudly, is this a podcast about The Office? Because I'm down for that. I'm so down for that. No, he said trashing friends. Oh, trashing. Oh, yeah, so well, now we're going to yeah, yes, yes, trash right. the office. Ooh, I'm not down for that. Good thing I have editing power and can just bleep whatever you say. Like, <laughs> I bleeped like it so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Bora. You're going to get everything you say bleeped for the rest of the episode if you keep it up. This, this, this next point really has no value, no whatever, but to me it was just kind of funny. Uh, I cannot picture Dennis playing basketball whatsoever. In the beginning scene when they were pretending like they were about to play one-on-one. He's a golden and, god. And, and he's and, athletic. And Charlie, 
he pretends to be athletic, but I, he doesn't. This really episode didn't, didn't sell you on the fact that Dennis can't play basketball. Charlie wants to be a referee. Yeah, Charlie's the one. No, who Charlie can't wants play. to play. He's they good don't at let him play, but he can't play because he's the referee. He's yeah, he can't play. No, you're the ref. Well, I don't want a ref anymore. I'd like to play. Well, so you're an excellent you're ref, ref, Charlie. You are actually you're, very, you're a very good ref. Yeah, I know. I'm a great ref, and I'd like to play the game now. Oh, oh you're going to get mad? You're going to turn into the mad munchkin? Do you represent the lollipop guild, Charlie? Do you? Also, sorry to bring it back to the office for you guys, but Charlie's son is also Meredith Palmer's son in the office, and he plays an equally bad shithead. That's he's where sh- I recognize I him from. Yeah, he's I do not know either. She's... Uh, like this alcoholic that works in the office, and her son is, is that a the Christian lady. No, no, that's Angela. But there's the episode where he comes to work with her. He's suspended from school that week, so she's like, "Oh, it works out anyways." So the point is that the kid is like typecasted as a shithead. I don't know what the uh, the kid's name is. I'm gonna Google it real quick. I thought like one of the um, I don't know if it's philosophical, but one of more more of the interesting social commentaries. I think I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm gonna bring it back to it. Um, the philosopher John Paul Sartre, I believe it was him who says that if you want to n- really know what someone believes, the worst person to ask is them. Oh, absolutely. Like this, yeah, this is like a classic. This whole show has been like a classic. Just like back in the last episode with the like the racism, like the, how the gangs like, oh, we're not racist and whatnot, but they have like no black friends. They don't talk to black people, and you can you can see that in, in people today who are like, I'm not racist, but the, all their friends are like super duper white. It's the same thing with like abortion. Like Mac doesn't really not believe in abortion. He only doesn't believe in abortion when it doesn't apply to him. Spencer Daniels is the kid that plays Charlie's son. He really glowed up he is not like i don't know what happened they like got his eyes one click together again or something i don't know he looks like a young charlie Huneman. he looks like they somehow combined dylan and cole sprouse even though they're twins the hair (laughs) short and long hair uh if you're listening to this please google spencer Spencer Daniels. daniels and let us know if we're right about that it's interesting what chicken vindaloo just said because you know, it, it's he basically said that people are the worst judges of themselves, but yet why do we judge ourselves the most? Ever think about that? Whoa. Fuck. Yeah. I was just going to bring Hit up the bong. The, the, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to bring up the scene where Dennis rejects a crack one. He got AIDS? I don't, I don't think so. Do you? No, I don't. I'll blow you for $10. But if we want to, like... Go philosophical. Well, he was talking about the philosopher John Paul Sartre. Sartre? Sartre? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a much better note than I blow you for $5. I blow you for $10. That's another good quote, though, when he's like, You know what? Let me uh, consult some of this free literature they got here regarding that proposition. Oh, you know what? (laughs) According to this, that's not really a good idea. So I'm going to have to pass, but thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's another quotable quote. Thanks for the offer. And especially in one of like these early shows, like I don't remember a quote like that from any other show. Maybe again, House. Well, because it has to do with health and STDs. No, because he throws the book away. He, oh. There's a doctor who doesn't play by the book. <laughs> How did he pass school? Oh, guys, let's let's put this episode to bed and give it a final rating. I'm okay. gonna go ahead and give it 5.8 lollipop guilds out of 10. Are you the mad munchkin? Oh, it's my mad munchkin. Before someone else takes this joke, I'm gonna give it a 5.4 dead baby fetuses out of 10. <laughs> Vindaloo? 
Uh, I gave it uh, 5.1 tribes and tribal tattoos representing them out of 10. They're tribal. Oh, they're they're tribe. I'm sorry. What tribe are you from? I'm giving this episode a 7.9 black people hospitals out of 10 black people hospitals. I'm gonna tell my mom you took me to a black people's hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot of hospitals. Quick maths. All right. And while uh, Braden crunches the numbers, which is something that I can't do, so if you're going to um, Give us money. Please make it out to my continuing math education. Uh, someone has to teach me numbers because I never learned them. But besides for that, follow us on uh, Spotify, Instagram, and uh, Google Plus once I get that made. And uh, maybe Miss Space. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you rate me, I rate you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. IMDB, the Internet Movie Database, as we all know, is the end-all be-all for fan ratings. Gives this episode an 8.4 out of 10 with uh, 2,336 votes. They're fucking votes. worse than Adam. What the fuck? What is <laughs> I that? hate it. 8.4. What, what, I never said that. What metric it. number, like what base of numbers are you using? Right? We use the base 10 system. So is there like, is there like, when they take a point down, are they really like putting it four points up? You, you really need to get educated in math. Yeah, I don't follow whatsoever what you're trying to say. I'm sorry. Well, the numbers, Mason, what do they mean? <laughs> Meanwhile, we gave this episode a 6.05, which we're just going to round that up to a 6.1. A 6.1 out of 10, which solidifies this episode on the list of lists. This puts us right below episode one. We gave episode one a 6.45. And if you're thinking to yourself, wait a second, that's not what they said at the end of the last episode. We went back, did the math. We're figuring out the kinks in this show. We got the rating wrong at the very end on episode one. It's a 6.45 for episode one, 6.1 for episode two. Will the gang redeem themselves later in this in this season, guys? Never. We would like the record to reflect... The appropriate parties have been fired. The yeah. appropriate parties have been There's no more Scampi. Strip Scampi is no longer. Is no longer. <laughs> for, for being ill-equipped. Oh, Jesus, guys. So, follow us. We got a lot more episodes. Follow us to hear a lot more episodes that we got in the store for you guys. Every other Friday, we're going to be hitting your earbuds on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find the full list online at anchor.fm slash rumham where you can also leave us a voicemail let us know what you think about how we dissected episode two let us know what you think about how we dissected episode one let us know what you think about episode three and you might be featured on the podcast maybe we'll respond to what you have to say so leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash rumham uh you can also check out where all our streaming services are links to all our socials at always sunny pod Email us at alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. That's all I got for the fine people. Anything else you guys got for today's episode? Love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. We'll be back. Season 1, Episode 3, Underage Drinking, A National Concern. Rumham and Wildcards is produced and edited by Braden Pleggencool. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Pleggencool, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbort, and the Dish of the Day.